Today we are talking artwork and all the messy details, but I'm going to clean it up and make you realize art can be accessible to you too, and you can have original art in your home. So here we go. You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time. Here's your host, Jill Kalman. Hello and welcome to episode six of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. So my guest today is Carol Romanoff of Romanoff Elements. And Romanoff Elements is an art consultancy service that brings together select art and design elements with the individualized needs of each client. Carol Romanoff sources works of art for spaces that reflect the aesthetic and the vision of each customer. Carol brings thoughtful expertise to every relationship, carefully assisting individuals, interior designers, businesses, and corporate partners to select artworks that elevate and awaken either your residential space or your commercial space. Romanoff Elements represents highly coveted, emerging, and mid-career artists. Their work ranges from paintings, fine art photography, mixed media, works on paper, and even sculpture. Carol's education is a BS in design from Cornell University, as well as her broad experience in design, fashion, art, and art history, textile design, and home decor. This provides an amazing context that enables her to bring together a client's vision to life. Carol makes the process of art buying a personalized, enjoyable, and a fun experience. She has become a consistent go-to for designers, residential, and commercial. So today we're going to talk to Carol and learn all about artwork in your home and how it is approachable. So here we go. Hi, Carol. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. And as I mentioned to my listeners in the introduction that you have an art consulting service, and I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about Romanoff Elements and the services you offer today. So hello. Hi, Jill. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I love what it is you're doing, and I'm happy to be here with you. Great. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. So to tell you a little bit about what I do and the service that I provide, I work with homeowners, actually I work with both residential and commercial clients, helping them to find artwork that speaks to them and suits their spaces. I work with people to find artworks that are personal to them, that have Mm -hmm. some meaning, a connection, and add to their home exactly what they want. That's great. I mean, I think that's a huge benefit because I think I've discussed with you before, people feel really sort of scared off by selecting art for their home. They don't really know where to begin. And I think having you as a guide, having an art consultant in general as a guide is such a nice service. Thanks for saying that, Jill. And I think that what I found in how really my business grew is noticing and seeing that people have, you know, move in, have fabulous homes, and in many cases, very big walls. And it becomes a little daunting of where to begin. Yeah, very much so. Like I had a client and they had a big home and they had this beautiful corridor off their front foyer and it was a series of walls and it would be great for like a gallery wall. And they had waited so long to hang anything. And finally, when I went in, 
and I was able to direct them and we got things on the wall, what a difference it makes, right? I mean, it just really completes everything. I think the tendency is to focus when you move into a home on the bones, which, right, that's the first thing as a designer you want to do is to get the foundation of the home. And then the furnishings. I walk into a lot of homes that have just been done or in the process, and you look down, you look at the furniture, you look at the floors, you look at the carpet, which are fabulous and, you know, have been done very thoughtfully. When you bring art onto the walls, it brings your, your line of sight up. It makes you experience the whole space as a whole rather than as the sum of its parts. Yeah, that's such a good point. And it also, like I think I've even said to you before too, when I'm furnishing a room, you know, we get everything in. And then when we hang the art, it's like the room sings, <laughs> I call right. it. Like all of a sudden, like things are beautiful and comfortable, whatever. And I've even noticed at my own house, it's like you hang that piece of art and then the room really speaks and sings. It's It really does make a big impact, I think. Yes. Don't you notice when you do that? I mean, people look and say, wow, you know, I never knew it could make such a difference. And it often sparks an interest in art that was not previously there. Oh, definitely. And then, you know, it creates an environment. And then, yes, it does create an interest. And the more they look at it, the more they sort of feel like, wow. And then they understand having it in other places in the house. The thing with upsizing that is a challenge for my customers is they get very overwhelmed on the furnishings end, right? It's so much more space than what they had. Mm -hmm. And so obviously it's so many more walls, right? And uh, two things. uh, One is, I guess the two-part question is, what effect does it have to leave them bare for too long and not address it? And what's the best way to kind of tackle it? Because certainly maybe you can't fill all the walls at once, right? That's right. So it's just like with designing the interiors, it's best to approach with a plan. And when you walk into the house, think about where you're spending the most time, where you're focusing your initial furnishing and design energies and your budget, the entry, the living room, the kitchen, the most lived in spaces, the family room. Ideally, it's great to think about the art and the design together because to me, they're integrally connected and it should be ideally part of the whole. I would love it when someone selects a painting and then a room revolves around that or they come to a home with an artwork. Very often, I work with designers or with clients at the beginning of the design process And to say, you know, this is the room, we have this primary wall, these secondary walls, how do we integrate it? If you come to the art afterwards, then you just, that becomes, as you just referenced, the icing on the cake. It's what really completes the room and makes it personal. And that's the thing about art is it really personalizes the space and has the ability to, you know, take this home that you've just moved into and really make it yours. Yeah, very much so. It makes it very personal for sure. And I think that obviously, you know, the fear and intimidation is there. And I think having someone like yourself, having a designer is a big help prior to even hiring somebody like me or you. Is there another way you think people can sort of take the fear and intimidation away? Like I sort of feel like going to a museum, looking at local art, social media now has so many artists featured and trying to maybe get a feel for what you like, right? What do you think? So I think that there's the intimidation factor comes from a few things, right? As we learn more about things, we become a little bit less fearful. People come to me with, you know, many, a range of experience. There are those that grew up in homes where there was art, maybe collectors, maybe some creative person in their family. So they've had some exposure. 
many people have not had that experience. So they're coming to it new and they don't think that they understand art, know art, have an appreciation. I suggest people do just as you said, start, you know, going through social media, going through magazines, wherever they're getting inspiration for their home. Mm -hmm. The beauty of social media now is that you're seeing these beautifully curated spaces and they're complete with artworks. So start a collection, you know, save those in Instagram, start a file for artwork. Yeah. Or a Pinterest board, whatever. Yeah. Cause I have people for furnishings. I'll want to get inspiration from somebody too, like a, a Pinterest board, or even sometimes, sometimes one picture, one picture that they like can really give me a huge indication. Cause I think that's where the talent lies with somebody like me or you. It doesn't take a lot. We have like one visual and we can sort of understand. And it's know? what sparks an interest. When I start with a client, Jill, one of the first things that I do is I have a sort of workshop test that I do. I've compiled many images of different types of artworks in homes. So beautiful rooms with many different looks, because with art, you can go many directions. Do you want to be monochromatic? Do you want to be colorful, abstract, realistic? So I just present, I just scroll through a lot of images. I base this on photos people have sent me of their of their spaces. Mm-hmm. And then I watch how people respond. It sparks a conversation. What do you like about that? What don't you? And sometimes there's not really words on it, but it's just a, a visceral response. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing about owning art in your home. It should have that response for you mm-hmm. because you're going to always enjoy having it around you. And I think that the biggest thing for me to take the intimidation away is, you know, just to say, it's really about what you like. Yes. So don't be forced to buy something you don't like because your neighbor has it or somebody who studied art has it. Get what you like and what speaks to you, I think is really the fundamental part of it from my perspective, you know? In some cases, Jill, as I'm sure you see with with interiors and people coming to understand the different types of sofas or chairs, it comes with exposure. So the more that you look, the more that you pay attention. Yeah. The more that I find if people show me, whether it's on Pinterest or Instagram or photos, there's a consistency in what they've collected. They may not see it, but we see it. Definitely. Oh, for sure. And I noticed that too with what they like for home furnishings and that type of thing. Yeah, you definitely know what you like. And so for me to knock that wall of fear down, it's like, you know what? Buy what you like and it's going to be great. Yeah. Another point with art though, Jill, is that there's a price factor, right? So there's often a little bit of a sticker shock when people look at, you know, the price of artwork if they go to a gallery or an art fair. Sure. And there's a feeling of, whoa, it's too expensive for me. I can't buy real art. And that's part of the, you know, the education and the awareness process is that there's fabulous art at all prices. And there's fabulous local art available from, you know, in anyone's community. Yes. And I actually always advise my clients to like, it's nice to start local. And if you can ever meet the artist and have a connection, but it's nice to start local because it's somebody from your area, you're supporting a local artist and every artist has an entry level price. Maybe it's a smaller canvas. Maybe they have a print, whatever it may be. Yes, there is an array of it and there doesn't have to be a sticker shock like anything else. There is an entry price for these things. That's important to remember and to not feel scared about, I think too. You know, something you asked me previously that we've talked about is a place for, you know, commercial art or photography in the home. And this is where, you know, I'll often, one of the services that I offer is to take people to art studios and to meet with an artist. 
and we'll identify what type of art a client is looking for, what they like. And the process of meeting people is wonderful. Often an outcome of that might be finding the primary painting that will go over the mantle or, you know, for the family room, whatever, but the artist will have works on paper, a series of prints at a much lower price point that often become the piece in a powder room, you know, a series for a hallway, you know, those lower price points that, you know, our homes have a lot of walls and there are a lot of spaces to fill. Yes. And yeah, it's a great way to start your collection. And it kind of builds upon that because I, I think it's a little bit of a bug. Once you start it, you know, then you kind of realize, right? And it's a little bit of a bug, which is a good thing. Yes, I see that a lot. How do you curate the group of artists that you represent? Um, that's a great question. I spent many years in the art and design world. So I've known a lot of, you know, creative people, a lot of artists over the years and kept in touch with them. So when I began this, I reached out to them and I started to develop a sense of the type of artwork that would suit the clients I was working with. I spent a lot of time going to art fairs, galleries, browsing online, meeting artists, going through art studios and literally knocking on doors or reaching out to people when I find work that speaks to me for my clients. And I would say that that's very much an accumulation of the gut with the gut response that I've developed yeah. after working with designers like yourself, my clients, and getting a feeling what people are comfortable with in their homes. Yeah, no, that's terrific. That's great. And you know what? And we'll talk about it toward the end. I'll tell people where to find you, but your social media pages, you always feature art that every post you put up, I'm like, oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> so you have, you have a great eye and it's diverse enough, I think, to accommodate a lot of different tastes, which is great. Thank you for saying that, Jill. And I think what we all see, I can have one client that has a lot of different tastes. So what's their kitchen or a, or an office or a family room may not be what's in the master bedroom. Right. And that's okay. That's the other thing. People need to know it's okay. People feel like there's so many strict rules and it's like, no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's so much, Jill, that's such a great point in terms of that in you know where the intimidation factor comes in is often people feel there's rights and wrongs. We look at so many beautifully curated spaces and there's a process to get there. And that might be one designer or one person's perspective, but there are so many ways to go. And there oh, are yeah. And I think the more creative and the juxtaposition, it's the same thing with like furnishings. The juxtaposition of something old and something modern can be wonderful you know? And like with artwork, I have stuff that might be an abstract landscape, but I also have things that are very graphic because I love graphic and the mixing them kind of the soft with the sort of bold is actually cool and having a piece of photography too. And I think that's what makes things look interesting. That's what makes things curated because there are things that speak to you. Not everything is the same. It doesn't look cookie cutter. It doesn't look like a catalog. And you know, your house shouldn't, as pretty as catalogs can be, we don't want to mimic down to the T or we won't have anything personal, you know? Exactly. It's the personal. And that brings up another point relative to, you know, your discussion of people moving from small spaces or apartments. And I often meet with people who, you know, we go through the artwork they come with. And often there are things that have a lot of memory to them. They're sentimental. They might've been from a family member, from a grandparent, from their college days. There are all sorts of things. And there's a place for everything. There's a place for everything. And sometimes when there just isn't, in other words, sometimes I've had 
families that have a piece of art and they just don't like it anymore or it doesn't work in the house, it's okay to either find a secondary location for it. Some things can be resold. Like when we moved into this house, in our old house, I had owned a Capiello poster and it was the Masant of the hats and it was big and it was on a big wall in our living room and I loved it. And when we moved in, I still loved it, but it didn't work in this house. The color wasn't right. I was fighting it for a while and it was just leaning against a wall in my living room for a really long time. And there was just not a space. And I finally just relinquished and I just was like, I'm going to sell this. And I did. And I sold it and I used the money towards something that did work. So, I mean, that's the thing too. Part of spending the money too is some things are an investment. They're not an expense. They're an investment. Yes. And certain things can be resold. So you don't have to commit forever. But yeah, it's the same thing with furniture too. They bring things from an old house and that'll probably be for another episode, but (laughs) they try to make it work. And sometimes it just doesn't. And like this Masson, and probably the size of it probably didn't help because it was one of those huge, you know, ones, because if it had been smaller, maybe we could have put it in like the basement office or something like that. But I just didn't have a lot of choice. And instead of fighting it after a while, I knew the certain value it had. And I was like, I'll just get my money out of it and put it into artwork that does work for this house. And that was a much better solution for me with that piece. And that's something that often somebody like yourself or myself can help people to come to that. Yeah. Once in a while, you have to just sort of break from it. And not all the time. Like you said, there's oftentimes a great place to put it. You know, you can find a spot for it. Or sometimes what we do is we reframe it. So sometimes they move with something and the artwork itself actually works, but the frame is not right. And so you could reframe it yes, or add a frame a when there is mm-hmm. no frame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that helps too. And the smaller pieces sometimes find a place to create a gallery wall, you know, which might be in a study and, you know, in an office, a place to put together some of the older pieces that are just smaller. Yeah. Like over a bed in a guest room is fun too. Yeah. All kinds of places, powder rooms, things like that. So you and I have talked about, and this is just an ilk for me, but When it comes to commissioning an artist, there are times when, yes, you're looking for a certain size canvas. You might be looking for a palette or you may say, I want, you know, a seascape or whatever. I don't like to give artists a lot of direction. Then it is too contrived. I feel art in and of itself is organic and I want it to come from whoever's painting it or drawing it or making it, sculpting it, whatever it may be, shooting it through a camera lens. There's a reason behind it typically for that artist. And I think that you can sort of destroy that if you're too picky. And again, I don't mind giving general parameters. I try to encourage my clients, you know, if you're going to say to them, please put a blue line here and a yellow line there. I think because I come from a family that's creative with an artist, been exposed to art, I understand the process and I feel like you can sort of ruin it if you're not careful. Yes. And that we often do end up doing commissions. When we start a commission, it's usually driven by a reason, whether it is, as you mentioned, size-driven or or color palette. And it's really a collaborative effort between the artist, the client, and myself. The artists that we work with on, on projects like this are usually amenable to it and enjoy the collaboration and the creative energy that it sparks. And it's so much driven by a respect for that artist and their work. So part of my role there and what I, as you've mentioned, is talking to the client in terms of the expectations. The commissioned painting is inspired by the painting they like. That's the direction it might be. The end project, the end product 
you know, that's only for the process. And then it becomes, you know, a work unto itself. Yeah, no. And that's a good way to look at inspired by. And like I said, it's not that I haven't commissioned, but when I do, I try to give very loose guidelines. I mean, the size is one thing that's different, the size of the canvas. And typically you've already shown the client that artist's work and that's the kind of feeling they want. And like you said, they're already connected to that artist and the artist, you know, is probably like you said, very happy to take on something. Oh, wow, this is great. And I've never actually done work in this size or in this palette or whatever it may be. So it can be a creative spark for them as well. So yeah, no, I'm not totally against it. It's just that I've seen some instances where it gets so specific that to me, it's like, well, what's... (laughs) What's the point now, right? So, yeah, yeah. And I've I've had artists reach out to me who say, well, you know, I can copy anything. Mm. You know, do you want a Rothko? Do you want this? They'll name any sort of of artist and say, we can do that for you. I don't want that. No. There's so much wonderful creativity and talent that we just look to, you know, work with artists that have work that inspires us and and works for our clients. Yeah. No, definitely. And the next thing I want to lead into is social media. Obviously, social media has expounded upon a lot of different industries and areas. I have noticed with Instagram, particularly, I think it's been a really positive thing for artists. I think that it's a great place to look at art on social media and get a feel for what you like and don't like. And I was just curious, your feel of like the role of social media with artwork and purchasing. Do a lot of people purchase right from social media? looking at an account and buy, or maybe they do only at a certain price point. I was just curious your take of sort of the social media aspect and maybe even internet aspect with artwork. So I think this is an ever, ever evolving subject. And I agree with you that I think social media has been really great for creative people. It's an opportunity for artists to market directly. It's an opportunity for people to, to learn more and be exposed to more. When people are designing their homes, I find that they're much more aware of how integrated art is into interiors because the spaces they're looking at are so beautifully done. Yeah. So I think that's really a positive. There are many artists that market directly. And I think, you know, as we've seen within the industry, Jill, there there are some fabulously talented people all over the country that are selling and growing their businesses of selling directly online. This has certainly grown out of, you know, a greater change within the art market, you know, a change in the role of galleries, the increase in in fairs. I mean, there's so much within this conversation, but statistically, you know, the buying trends or, you know, much more is being purchased online. I don't know how much greater the purchases are on Instagram, but there is a trend to be, you know, purchasing more online. Yeah. And I do think it's just a great place to start to get a feel for what you might like. Because there is a lot of it just shown. So even to just start, whether you want to call it cultivating your eye or just getting an idea of what you like, I think it's kind of a nice place to start. You do lose, like, there's one artist who I love, and actually you work with her, Kim Romero. Her paintings have such dimension and layers of paint. So you can't always see that on Instagram. But sometimes you can lose a little where there's a lot. You know, the texture that she has, I think, is amazing. That's one of the things I love about her art. But yeah, so and you know, color can obviously shift on Instagram slightly, right on a computer screen. And so that has to be taken into account as well, I would imagine. Yes. And this is it's interesting that you mentioned Kim, because we've started to take a lot more detail shots when we're showing, you know, an artist like Kim's work, because you can see the layers, the layers of color. 
And as we're selling more through digital means, it's important to see that. Um, what I offer as part of my you know, service is bringing art into people's home. And that is a way to enable, you know, without a commitment so that, you know, you can see what something will look like in your home and, and or visiting an artist studio. So those are both ways to, you know, and I tell people that if they like a photo of something, if they're liking it digitally, yeah, they're going to love it when they see it. Such a good point. You're right. Like if you are attracted digitally, you're going to get it in your hands and go, oh my God. That's why photography is an easier sell, if you will because it is what it is. So people will say, well, it used to be that photographers would give me prints and I would show people their prints. And as the resolution of our screens have gotten better and better, yeah, it's not necessary because, you know, looking at it on an iPad or on a, a laptop, you're going to see exactly what this photograph is going to look like. Yes. And I want to delve into that with you in a minute. I just want to go back one second about bringing art into people's homes, because it's interesting you say that when I look back on the art that I've sold into my clients, what people need to know too, to sort of take away the scary factor is artists are so accommodating and they will let you, you know, I'm sure Carol, if you need five canvases from an artist, they will let you bring that to the client's home. They can live with it over a weekend or whatever. And I think that makes a difference once they see it in their space, that is really where they're like, wow. And the artists are so nice about doing that and supportive and, you know, your services too. And that really is an important factor, I think, too, is having it there and having it kind of on loan, you know, temporarily. And it makes a big difference. So this all, you know, speaks to where to buy art, Jill, because that's what you're not able to do when you attend a fair. Or, you know, even shopping online now, you know, art is often returnable. You can send it back because it, everyone is seeing how important it is to literally look at something in person, see the color, see the texture and the size. We can help our clients with size by providing, you know, I call them digital mock-ups or renderings where we'll take photographs of, of the space and then we will digitally, you know, put the painting or the photograph into somebody's room. Yeah, which is great. Which is a great tool because it shows somebody whether, if I'm suggesting, you know, I think you need a 40 by 60 there, really that seems so big. Well, I'll show you the difference of putting a 36 by 48 versus a 40 by 60. Yeah, super smart. It's like what we do with floor plans and say, well, if you get the 72 inch sofa, it looks like this, but you can actually handle a 90 inch and this is the difference. Yeah. You know, all of these tools, Jill, have helped us present the work to people. And I think many people don't realize it's available when it comes to purchasing art. I don't think they do either. And so that's why I thought it was a really important discussion because I also think that from the client end, it's just such a fearful, you know, proposition. Mm -hmm. And I want to sort of remove that and it should feel accessible and and you should feel like you can have original art in your home because you can, you know. I like to take it a little bit, you know, way past getting over the fear of it, Jill, because I often say to people, this is, this should be a really fun thing to do and find the joy because ultimately that is what the art does for your home. It makes it so personal. There's a connection for whatever it is that got you to purchase that. When you walk into a room, literally your eyes should light up when you look up. Yeah. And I think that's why I want people to get over the hurdle probably because I enjoy it so much. And it really does bring joy and it brings an energy that's really positive color, everything, and just even connecting. So I think for me, that's why it was also important because yes, I agree with you. It's a joyful, fun, happy thing. And who doesn't need that right now? <laughs> and and, and it should be, you know, and I, I've, yeah. I've come to see that with people as they start 
you know, you break it down and you start to be exposed to it and to learn more about art, you know, it piques people's curiosity to understand the artist, understand the materials. And again, it depends on where people are coming from in terms of their knowledge of the creative process and about art. So it's fun to go through that journey with clients Mm -hmm. and to see them come to really appreciate and have fun with it. Yes. I love it when we've done that and then they get the bug and they end up buying (laughs) a few pieces and then they're like, wow, this is so different. And it's just like when I finish a space for them and, and they're happy in it, that's the most rewarding thing for me. And that's what I strive for. And I think you do too. So going back to photography, you also represent photographers as well, because I think photography is a great medium. I think mixing it with paintings and prints can also be, again, a nice layering curated effect. Yeah. So there's so many fabulous photographers. And, you know, as I said, it's easier to look at photography digitally. Photography can do so much for a space in terms of bringing you to a place that you remember, that you love. The colors can be so vivid and so wonderful. Of course, there's there's abstract photography as well as representational. So it runs the gamut of styles. Yeah. And I often say to clients that, you know, who come to having, you know, large walls that they're not accustomed to, that photography can be also be a little bit more economical, a little bit more bang for the buck sometimes. Yes, I agree. And it's also depending on, you know, whether it's a landscape or if it's, I love black and white of people. And it's really interesting. I mean, we were in Italy a few years ago and we were walking through Florence and there was this little photography shop and it was this photographer that just did black and whites of people and some places in Italy. And a lot of the pictures were originally like from the fifties and Mm sixties. They were super affordable and they were so cool and so graphic. And we bought like four of them and shipped them home. But it's also nice to just sort of stumble upon something like that too. But the photography was just really graphic. And it was from the 50s, like one of the pictures was like four ladies in sort of Audrey Hepburn black dresses at an Italian magazine stand with their handbags hooked on their elbow, reading a magazine. And it was just so cool. But yeah, I think photography can be a, a really great medium to mix in with original art. And we touched on it briefly, but so there is some commercial art that I think here and there, maybe you can mix in. But again, if you relegate just to that it's going to look very staid and very commercial, right? And yeah, I think it's tempting for people because of price points and preciseness sometimes. But that's where, you know, let's say we start and focus on the major rooms of the house, you know, for original art and for the chunk of the budget that's being allotted to art. But then you look at all the secondary tertiary walls, you know, the hallways, upstairs, downstairs, the various bathrooms, you know, you want to do something on a little bit more price conscious. Mm -hmm. And that's, can be commercial art. It can be photography, Jill. So it's more original art and it can be works on paper or prints from artists, as we discussed earlier. You know, there are a lot of options. It doesn't mean the walls should be bare. They can still be interesting and beautiful. And I like to direct the clients toward, if they're going toward commercial art to say what you said was, well, let's try photography first photography and like you said, entry level from artists first, like Mm -hmm. works on paper, a sketch, right? A smaller canvas, a gallery wall. Even sometimes families now are getting wonderful family photo shoots from photographers that are quite talented and artists themselves. So sometimes that can fill the wall really beautifully and personally. So it's not to you know, bash commercial art in any way. But again, I think there are areas you just have to be careful of not overdoing it. And it can be tempting probably because of price point, right? Yes. Yeah. 
And another thing to do for price point, for a children, child's room, for a playroom area, if there's areas of interest, um, the same way you found those photographs on the street in Italy, whether it's literally street art, whether it's magazine covers, something that sparks an interest for the child or for the area where it is and doing a series of something that's just meaningful, but not necessarily valuable artwork. Yes. Or sometimes their artwork, right? I mean, I love that. And I've done Mm -hmm. that with my kids too. And because sometimes they come out with something that you just can't believe anyway, right? It's a nice thing to suggest for young families to create an area like that in their house that will grow. But rather than it being just, you know, refrigerator art, but, you know, find a consistent framing so that you build on this wall and it grows with the children as your family grows. And whether it's a simple black frame or something colorful and fun, it just evolves over the years. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. So this has been fabulous. I think we covered a lot of touch points for people. And um, I think that you're just a wealth of knowledge. Your service is amazing. Why don't you tell people the best places to find you, like your Instagram or website, and you can direct them to those places because I'd love for them to click on and see what you do. Great. Thanks so much, Jill. This was um, great to join you and chat about art. My website is RomanoffElements.com. You can see some work there by various artists. Instagram is the best place to see recent installations and just, you know, commentary on artists that I work with and other art happenings. And that's also Romanoff Elements on Instagram. We now have a gallery on First Dibs and that's- Oh, that's great. Romanoff Elements. And that's, you know, Jill, as the online market is growing, the numbers are pretty staggering of the increase in global sales online. So it's been fun to, you know, enter that market. It's just a good place to look at art. It's a good place to see relative price points of artworks. And then I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest also. Oh, great. Okay. So this is great. So I would suggest everybody go to those various platforms and check out Romanoff Elements and Carol. And if you're a designer, if you're a customer and you need some guidance with art, she is a great point person as you can very well see from our discussion with all her knowledge. So I, again, I appreciate you taking the time to be here and this was fantastic. Great. Thanks so much, Jill. You're welcome. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Okay. So as you just heard, Carol is a wealth of knowledge and it's important to know that there is a guide specifically for art with art consultancy businesses like hers. And she's just so versed at what she does. But I really wanted to do this episode today because in all the years I've been designing, most clients really have an intimidation and a fear about buying artwork. And they just seem to think there's a lot of rules. And if I impart one thing today, I hope you realize that there's not. The most important thing is to connect to something and to buy what you like, buy what speaks to you. And really the best way to start the process is, as we discussed, looking on Instagram, looking online, create yourself a little Pinterest board, art books, art magazines, getting to a museum, being aware of local artists in your area and looking at their art. Really, it should be, as we discussed, an enjoyable, a fun, a happy process. And what's interesting about it is that once you start to do it, it does become a little bit of a bug, as we mentioned. But You can start at entry level with sizes and different mediums and begin your collection small and it's all approachable, it's all attainable, have no fear. And so I hoped we cleaned up the mess of art for you today. 
What I also want to mention to you today is that I do have a private Facebook group. So if you are somebody moving from the city to the suburbs, if you go to my Facebook page at Jill Kalman Interiors on Facebook, you can connect through there. Otherwise, if you are searching for the group independently, it's called Welcome Home to the Suburbs. And I'd love to have you join it. I have valuable posts and information for you on that as well. So again, I hope I provided you some valuable discussion today and opened your eyes a little bit to the art world. To celebrate the launch of this show, I am going to be giving away some great prizes to four lucky winners. One winner is going to get a pair of AirPod Pros, and the other three winners are going to get a $100 gift card to either Serena and Lily, Restoration Hardware, or Amazon.com. You get to choose. So three lucky listeners who subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes will receive these. It doesn't have to be a five-star review, although I sure hope you do love this show. I want your feedback so I can create an awesome show that provides tons of value to you. So visit jillkalmaninteriors.com slash podcast launch to learn more about the contest and how to enter. I'll be announcing the winners on the show in an upcoming episode. From my home to yours, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to jillkalmaninteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.